Pay Ratties. We love delivering you fresh, hot piping trash directly to your ears every single week, but we need your help. Yeah, with the cost of living crisis, a lack of advertisers wanting to support a podcast serving this much c- and probably future defamation lawsuits on the horizon, we need your financial support. If you're in a position to, please join our Patreon or buy some merch to keep rats in the gutter alive and festering. Yeah, festering. Please. (laughs) We're desperate. Buy some merch! Today is an auspicious day because it's the end of my Saturn return. It's over. The la- Can I also just say, the last three years or whatever the fuck have been absolutely fucked and some of the worst three years of my living life. And I'm Actually, so Actually, that's glad. right. I was, I was like, when you said those words, I was feeling slightly sceptical, but... In your defence, the last three years um, of my life, objectively speaking, yeah, as a as a, a sideline observer of your life uh, of the last couple of years, yeah, abysmal, hot garbage, hot garbage, abysmal, yeah, yeah, abysmal. Absolutely. It started in twenty twenty, and today, peppered with highs, peppered with highs, peppered with you know. absolute. I mean, look, our friendship, absolute high, absolute high. Um, cheap bags, cheap, cheap bags. bags. Yeah. Oh my god, I had to chase our dealer down Queen Street the other week. Did I tell you about that? Uh, kind of. Why? What I happened? was getting a. Pr- I was getting. Did you get rolled? No. Well, I was doing a favor for a friend, and I couldn't find them. And then I'm running down Queen Street, like yelling their name, and they're like, "I'm at this place." And I just don't do that now. I never offer, and somebody no, else says no. I, I, I did no. it as a favor. And you have to, when people ask that as well, say no. You have to. You have to let them not just say no, but let them know that they have crossed a line by even. Asking. Which is what so I will you have to be gently shame them. Yeah. Gently shame. Shame them. is such a powerful tool, isn't it? I think I'll be doing that yeah. in future. Well, do you know what they do in Wellington? Is that they're like, yeah, sure, and then they ch- they add on an extra, ba- like they add on an extra price to, to pay themselves. So there's a fee. Yeah, you, you get there's a gratuity. Yeah. There's a gratuity. Yeah. Buyers fee. But when you say they, do you mean the wider population of Wellington? Like that's just I'm a, a cultural quirk of the region. I'm talking specifically about um, three specific people that I know <laughs> that I cannot know. Ah, yeah, okay. Ah, yeah. But cannot. they know who they are, obviously. They know who they are. I think actually one of them listens to the pod. So, hi, Sudi. <laughs> hi, Sudi. <laughs> See, this is the funny thing is that I feel like, oh, my God, I told you I, I went to that, um, the screening of the Triangle of Sadness I love it. I love it so much. And it's an incredible film. And I went to Ensemble Magazine or organised the screening. And thank you so much, Ensemble, for inviting me. But I went in and it was at the Hollywood. It was amazing. But they took, like, pictures beforehand. And people coming up to me being like, I love rats in the gutter. And I was like – and then I feel like I've said really hectic, gnarly, personal shit on here. And I'm like, you know (laughs) – You know what I did in New York, like <laughs> I'm like you know that I um that guy made me. Scared. I'm sorry. Are you are you dumbfounded that you're dumb dumbfounded by by the fact that people are listening to the podcast? No, feeling, I'm feeling uncomfortable I'm with some of the things by, that you I'm said in the podcast. I'm hit by the reality that I've spilled my fucking guts on this podcast, or cutting cutting a, a fictitious posture that you are somehow uncomfortable with advertising yourself. Because I know the truth, girl. And that is just I'm not, not uncomfortable case. with advertising myself, but it is a funny thing when. When you're faced with it. It's not easy being a D-list Auckland celebrity. It's really <laughs> People sometimes don't know. They don't know. They just don't know. They don't know. But also, if you do listen to the pod, you can say hi to me on the street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you're, an eight, eight, if you're an eight or above, you can do more than say hi. I know. If you're under a four, don't speak to me. But... Um, yeah. Yeah. Seven and above, I will accept. I will accept. Yeah. I will accept. Quiet fours, a nine is speaking. But um, quiet fours. <laughs> no, quiet now. Yeah, I, I, quiet now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was your Saturn return like? I can't remember. So I probably blocked it out. I don't know. It was all pretty shit. I remember being. I'm not saying that I subscribe to the notion of there being some sort of Saturnine cycle where, you know. All of your unaddressed issues and personal discrepancies um, surface like magma, but 
<laughs> not magma. <laughs> not magma. Ow. Owie. Oh, hot. Um, yeah. But I, it was definitely, and from memory, yeah, a really horrific time, which might have been coincidental. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, I agree with you, but the la- it does feel auspicious that the last three years have been the worst of my life. <laughs> and... Riddled, that, fe- and, that feels auspicious, does it? And riddled, <laughs> and riddled with some very large successes, which is also amazing. Which is, um, I'd uh, that's going to segue into the topic of today, which of course is failure. Failure. And also, my name is Johanna Cosgrove, and my name is Sam Takani, and, and you're listening, listening to, to Rats in the White Lotus. It's like the White Lotus. But also, is that a rat sound? Is that our emulation of a rat sound? What? what? No, rats are like. They're silent killers. They don't. They don't make a sound. I've just. And by I the just, time you hear them, it's already too late. Oh my! Or like ratatouille, just puppeting you from the inside. <laughs> just. <laughs> oh, dare to dream. <laughs> just playing dollies. Just playing dollies <laughs> with your limbs. <laughs> Can I tell you the most disgusting thing that I have ever seen in my life that I saw what? yesterday with my friend Holly? We were. Walk- I've seen theatre. No, okay, you go. I was like, don't talk about Buto like that. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were walking back from the gym and, you know, um, Victoria Park, there's like the bus stop there. Hanging mm. off the bus stop, like at height, was an adult, <laughs> at height, was an adult diaper filled with blood. It was oh the most fucked. No, what? It was no, you were having a... It was a sheer hallucination. It has to be a sheer hallucination. No, Holly saw it as well. It was <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a hallucination. I'm gaslighting you and Holly. Babe, it was absolutely horrific. An adult diaper filled with blood. And <laughs> oh I was so God. shocked when I saw it. I was so shocked. And I, I like grabbed Holly who and I was like this. I was like, Holly, look at that. Like I was like, he he like catatonia, like he did he. And then she looked at it and was like Fuck you. She was like, I wish you hadn't drawn my attention to that. She was that like, is so fucking, fucking horrifying. Dare you? Yuck. First of all, <sighs> I actually don't know where I can even begin on that. Begin with, yeah, I know it's daunting, isn't it? It's re- I mean, maybe not as daunting as a blood filled adult diaper, <laughs> but it's it's up there. It's definitely up there. <laughs> it's up there. Like, oh, he should have laid off the Chipotle. <laughs> oh, Owie. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have got tie hot, babe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ow, my teeth. It's not my teeth in the microphone. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> tie hot. <laughs> tie hot. <laughs> oh, you said you had a hemorrhoid, not a hemorrhage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my. And my hemorrhoid burst like a ripe plant. I know. I was like, don't be doing DIY abortions in Vic Park. <laughs> oh don't God. be doing that. And don't hang it off a bus stop. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> um, anyway, failure. The juice failure, of life. Failure. <laughs> the juice of the life. The juice of life. I don't know. There's like a bunch of like weird sort of like um, – corporate adjacent f- philosophy about um about failure sort of being a a being a necessary stepping stone towards success but more than failure itself like having a um sort of res- resilience in the face of it or having a, having a, a a no fear of it so being able to take take risks blah 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 uh be also having having like a a strategy of sort of max, max optimizing each failure, mm. or either even being like a, a real and true personal path that can only be excavated by a, a sequence of failures. Yes, but I don't know. All of that sounds pretty fucking woo woo. It's woo woo, and also it's like failure is an opportunity to learn. And I'm like, sometimes I don't want to be learning. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> this just sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And this is from someone who went to clown school, which is the whole thing. Is <laughs> and this from a clown. This from okay, a clown. this from a, no, a goddamn the, clown. The whole pedagogy of the clown school that I went to, which is Philippe Gaulier. And by the way, it's, I only went there for a month. Like, I wasn't there for three years or anything. Um, oh, babe, you still went. You've still been to clown. You're, to- you're a toy for Cardi graduate who went to clown school. And there's <laughs> yeah. nothing wrong with that. But the whole... There's nothing wrong with that. But the whole teaching 
pedagogy is based on failure. So you get up in front of everyone and you fail and you fail and you fail and you fall on your face and you embarrass yourself until you get good. And it's so ruthless. It is so ruthless. Like I got up once and... It's also very relatable. Yeah, I mean like... Incredibly relatable. That's the thing. And you kind of just have to sit... I think it's... I'm using it as an allegory. There goes that word again. My favourite word, allegory. Um, oh, the, the <laughs> metaphors are just pour, pouring out. She's hemorrhaging metaphors. You're hemorrhaging metaphors. <laughs> Pass me my adult diaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are my huggies? I'm having a creative spurt. <laughs> Yuck. I don't want to ever think about your creative spurts again. <laughs> All right, what's for you not to know and for half of Auckland to enjoy? Preferably the male Mary. They already Martha. have enjoyed. Yeah. And they miss you. I know they do. I can feel it. <laughs> um my I found, I found your I found your poppers in the freezer and they're being couriered to you personally. By person, by person. Thank you so much because I know I've already mentioned this before, but um, Wellington not not having anywhere that I can go to and and purchase poppers on site is really um, it just puts the city in the dark ages. If you're from Wellington ages. and you're listening to this podcast, Samuel Tikani needs poppers. I repeat, Samuel Tikani needs poppers, and you. The fact that I can't just walk into the centre of Wellington, find a cruise lounge, and buy a bottle of poppers, you know, albeit under the counter. That's a failure. Now, they failed you. They've failed the game. It is so, so homophobic. I think it's Welling- like I'm living in a burnt-out KFC in Sudan. You know, oh it's just God. not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. Why? KFC is not is not the um, fast food chain that I would think of that would be the gayest. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Okay. Um, Um, Failure. Where was I talking about? Yeah, failure. Clown school. I was using that as a metaphor. Like, I'm so sick of this thing of people having being encouraged to embrace their failures. Like, yes, embrace your failures, but also like, failures suck. (laughs) But also, like, what what even constitutes a failure? I think a failure only exists comparatively, like next to a success paradigm. We talk about the metric of success quite a lot, and how you should define your own metric of success and not base it on. This sort of well, that means the notion of failure would be just as personal. You know what I mean? Like mm. perhaps there's no objective standard of failure. Like there is no objective standard of success. Though obviously money is pretty universal. Y- yeah. It's pretty universal. Pretty universal. Yeah. What would you, like mm. how would you describe, like how would you define failure for yourself? Um, most of my relationships. Yeah. Isn't it funny? When we, mm. when we were decided that we were going to talk about failure and I was thinking about the areas in which I feel failed in my life. I instantly thought of relationships. Me too. Yes, Romantic relationships. relationships. I was like, yeah. oh God. <laughs> I which I like, now Shit. think I'm done for. I'm done with for the time being. Yeah. Honestly, I just, you know, loneliness doesn't kill people. Poverty does. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but that's, that's, that's where I'm standing right now. And murder she did right. <laughs> for money um, <laughs> For money And the ch- money. cash or cheque Or card Bank transfer Not pretty though I will not take pretty cards <laughs> I'm not taking pretty cards I'm not taking a pretty card yeah. Um, yeah god My romantic relationships Are just absolutely fraught And fracked with failure I think potentially They only Because relationships can't, They don't necessarily last In fact none of them really do you know what I mean? They last for a time mm. or whatever. I think they all have like organic arrival points or expirations. And bully for you if you're, you know, married to someone, you've just resigned to the misery. Mm. You maybe should have pulled the trigger a decade ago. But yeah. outside of those those situations, which are common, I think most relationships have, do have a natural expiration. They're destined to fail because you know two people trying to coexist is just an absolutely impossible task. So if if you even get like 3 to 5 years in it it's an incredible thing. It and is an incredible thing. I, I salute you. I salute you. Well, it's an incredible thing but it's also not everything because I do sort of hate how the measure of of like sort of adult happiness and maturity is, is a marriage ability and to sustain kids. a relationship. Yeah. yeah, and and you know normatively marriage and fucking kids. I don't know if we, maybe I've talked about this before because I do remember a time in my life where I was really obnoxiously volubly righteous on the on the subject but i feel like i feel like god made me homo because she doesn't want to burden her most gifted with children and you know this <laughs> and like if you're if you're queer and you're trying to start a family you want kids like power to you but also what a waste what an absolute waste what a fucking waste 
you fucking idiots. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. I was idiots. thinking about this like Do what you want, but I'm I'm full judgment. Like my workmates that have kids, they're like, Yeah, um, was woken up at five and and can't come to this thing because um because they'll have, you know, da, da, da. And then me and my workmates with no kids, like, yeah, oh, I might get my nails done. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be exhausted, probably go to the gym. Also, I do not want to hear about your child-related, you know, trials and tribulations. I do not hold a gun to your head and force you to fucking no, procreate. simply not. Simply Also, not. it's not like, not like we're living in conservative Midwestern states of America. You can still merely go off and nip it in the bud should that occur and you can hang your adult diapers (laughs) 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 you can hang the remnants on any bus stop you please i don't know that's dicey for me to speak to because obviously i don't have a worm or whatever it's that's not not a problem that i'm ever going to ever ever have to have it's not an issue that i'm ever have to gonna ever gonna have to sort out and Mm. and then after having made that decision i'm never going to have to carry that with me no um but it's nice that it's there (laughs) What I'm getting is Samuel feeling very righteous. Very righteous. <laughs> very very righteous. righteous. Look, I think very I do. Righteous. Look, sorry, girl, but I do want to get married and I do want to have kids one day. But I'm really enjoying being. And there we go, failure. That's the theme. It's the theme. <laughs> it's the theme. It's the theme. It's the theme. It's funny. It's funny when you say like both of us feel like our failures exist in our relationships when those take two, you know, like it's not just you or I who failed on our, you know, like those... Sig- Maybe everyone feels that about their relationships, like across the when board. When they come to I an guess. end. Yeah, or just about about their relationships. Everyone feels inept in them maybe because, you know... Well, it's very confronting being Confronting because you're forced to... You find your limitations yeah. very easily. Yeah. And that, that is always... Ex- you always experience your limitations when you encounter them as failures. Especially because you know? so we're attracted to straight men oh my who God, are by the, nature avoidant. Like a, <laughs> avoidant. Yes. And so being faced with... Dear, oh God forbid, somebody that loves them. Um, <laughs> horrifying. Yeah. But you know, that's also a trope now as well. It's like, um, <laughs> what? it's like, um, if, uh, if like a guy is not into you, just being like, oh, men are so avoidant. Uh, do you know what <laughs> I love? Do you know what I love saying at the moment? I'm like, men are actually what? crazy. Men are so crazy. <laughs> men are psychos. They're all of them psychos. And they, it, they just can't help it because they're really fucked up. And just, That's like the, the femme equivalent of she's crazy. No, literally. She's so crazy. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, men fall in love so quick. It's really crazy. Like, what happened with so-and-so? Oh, she's crazy, man. She's crazy. I know. Like, for example, I have a massive crush on somebody and then they haven't messaged me back for a few days and I'm like, they're just crazy. (laughs) 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 They're just fucked. They're fucked in the head. I love that he's probably really busy as you are, but you I know refuse to, you refuse to cut him that slack. That's like, and if the if the roles were reversed, you'd be like, "I'm fucking busy, bro." Yeah, I I'm busy. Don't take it personally. I'm like, don't take it personally, because yeah. I know I'm not going to say what he does for a job, but I know what he does for a job, um, and it does require a lot of time and energy. What's his name? Is he real? Who he's is he? real, but I don't think he listens. His name's Phil. Dad. He's real. He doesn't. I don't think he listens to the pod, but he does follow me on Instagram. So if one of these clips pop up, oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, this is what you're missing out on. Also, on a side note, do you know my grandmother made this t-shirt for me when I was eight, and I can still you reek f- of Mormon, and I can yeah. still fit it. What what is it? Is it a butterfly? Yeah, it's a it's a butterfly that says my name, Johanna. Oh, generic but charming, just charming. I think it's kind <laughs> of um, slut. It's kind of slut. Oh yeah, the butterfly is slut. The butterfly is slut, and the and the the crop of the tea is slut because it's the t-shirt for an eight-year-old. On failures, I've had you know subheading a lot of disappointments as well. Failure and failure and disappointment. They haven't mm. all been romantic. Like I've had a lot of like stops and starts, and what is only now starting to feel like a career. I feel like for 10 years of my life I just sort of like drank and slouched my way you know and like yeah and then I I, I want to say only three or four years ago things started to sort of like congeal what know? do you think the catalyst for that was I have no idea I, I just have <laughs> I have got no fucking idea I couldn't even tell you I think I it's that thing you. of you like 
I don't know, it's this amorphous sweet spot where you're just fucking banging your head against the wall for years and years and years and years and years. And then all of a sudden you're just right place, right time. And someone's like, hang on, that person. And then, woof, there we go. Well, then maybe that's the woo-woo lesson of failure, right? It's like persistence. Because I am pretty, I don't know when to say, I don't know. No, neither. It's a game of, across the board and everything. It's a game of attrition. It's actually a game of attrition. (laughs) I don't feel like I've had any, any major work failures. I get rejected all the time, and which is the nature of... Of course, you're an actor. I'm you're an actor. actor. I, I don't know how you do it, actually. On this, I've watched you for a few years now, and you and my other actor friends, the fact that yeah. rejection is so much a part of the experience yeah. in and around employment, it's just... It's, it's mind-boggling. I reckon yeah, I only let myself feel the pain of that maybe one... One in every ten auditions now. I used to feel okay. it. I used to feel it in every one, and now there's only occasional ones that are sore. And I'm like, oh, I really wanted that one, or oh, I would have been fucking good for that one. And I've got a really good coping mechanism, which is um, cry in the toilets for one hour, um, yeah. eat junk food, and then um, get over it. <laughs> I, you That's have it. an addictive personality, but so do I. I know that I have a really addictive personality and what's worse is I can pretty much turn or maybe this is a good thing I can turn like anything into a drug so it doesn't have to be like literal drugs or alcohol I can find a thing and just and pour myself into it, it. And, yeah and make it my world and then I'm yeah. safe in that for X amount of time yeah and you are, you are you saying that as an example of a coping mechanism or are you using that yeah, as an example I, of your commitment to what you want to do I would say more often than not it's like a coping mechanism mm-hmm um. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also, also on that though, like, uh, with with the thing that I'm doing now in Wellington, I had a conversation with my creative mentor. Let's call her that. And um, she just asked me outright. She was like, "What do you think? What are some qualities that you think you have?" And I said, "Oh, I'm like, I feel like I'm pretty persistent. And then also, I'm quite, I'm quite resilient. Mm. Like, um, you know, it's, I don't really." I don't get, I'm too stupid to take a hint, essentially. Like, you know, <laughs> I can't take a, I will not take a hint. You know, I'll just, I'll just keep, you know, slamming my head against that wall. Yeah. Until something, something sticks or lands. It's or, the Aries rising. It's the Aries rising. And she essentially rising. said to me, she's like, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Like, that's yeah, what you yeah. need to survive in this fucking industry. I tell you what, you've got, it's awful because you, you have to be really sensitive at the same time. But you also. Yes, I th- I think inwardly, yes, because how can you make, uh, like how can you be a writer, how can you make out if you're not inherently sensitive or empathic to something, you know? Otherwise it's just all like, brum, brum, brum. otherwise it's Asperger's incarnate. You have to be, you have to be responding to something, yes, but, but I don't necessarily mean, I don't necessarily think that means you have to be like sort of. I don't think you have to be way. earnest. I don't you have think to be deeply listening to something, you, but exactly. that doesn't necessarily have to be, for example, like, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sort of empathy, you know what I mean? Like I a, mean, you don't have to cry when you see a snail get stood on, but... <laughs> <laughs> Do you? No, that, I'm using that as an example. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? I'm like, snail, it rained. <laughs> It rained, I saw Although, my, oh, fuck, a friend posted a hedgehog of where she found a hedgehog rotting in a drain and she had to pull it out and I felt oh. sickened. I felt so sick. And being I, really, I'm Christmas, telling really gross stories. I'm telling gross. We went for a swim. We were house-sitting on a Christmas Eve and we went for a swim in the pool and we are like, yeah, this is so much fun and we're like wasted. And then realised that um, there were, there was a dead hedgehog in the pool as well. <gasps> Yuck. That's like, and yeah, and the, was it your ex? And we all got we... out and we started like dry retching because everyone sw- swore they could taste it. <laughs> it was probably <gasps> an but, That's yeah. like, was it your ex who was going for a swim at Herne Bay and a dead dog floated past? <laughs> yeah, yes. How fucked is that? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just a dead dog. It was like sanitary napkins. Um, oh! Yeah, all, all the all that post heavy rain detritus that you get on Can the, I just the coastal say, fringes of Auckland. No, there is no... The, you, the no smell is uniquely bad as, as a used pad. <laughs> it's uniquely awful. It's a uniquely awful stench. Can you describe it? A used pad? Yeah. Okay. Think old, musty pussy 
and then just dried blood and then and then a bit of piss and then just combine all of those smells. That's what it smells like. That's a lot. Yeah, it's fucked. It's rank. That's a lot. And that's also the female body. Yeah, it's the miracle of the body, guys. It's the, the miracle, miracle of, of the, the body. body. Do you uh, do you feel when do you feel like a failure? Do you say? Um, oh, this is gonna sound so vacuous, but um, let it out. When I've only done half my reps at the gym and I decide to go home. Oh fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> suck a fucking dick. <laughs> I don't even want to hear that. Um, no, I want to say when I have, when I can't communicate my ideas, when I can't when I can't sell my ideas, mm. there's something that's that seems like viable or marketable, um, which. Uh, which I didn't, I didn't used to care about, but uh, I w- actually, which I've never cared about, but which there was like a, a specific incident in the last Stakes couple of weeks where, these it, days. where that happened. Yeah. yeah, and that happened, and I was it kind of like shook my confidence. Mm. Um, and after uh, after two or three days of sulking, I realized that actually it was a it was a good thing in the long run. It was a good thing. It was a yeah. really useful prov- provocation. I ended up like yeah. reworking my idea, and then suddenly I was in this place where I was. Looking at the looking at the old idea and the new idea, sort of side by side, and being like, "Thank fucking god, I pivoted!" And what fabulous guidance! <laughs> what fabulous Absolutely. guidance! Absolutely, yeah. It was actually really amazing guidance. Really yeah, amazing yeah. Guidance. Uh, so I don't know. The, the takeaway from that was that maybe my my tunnel vision that I sometimes get when I'm doing my shit. Mm. Uh, sometimes sometimes that's great. Yeah. But sometimes you do have to like. You know, open your shit up and not be so hermetic about it. Just like your anus, there's a time for oh, it to be open. It's been <laughs> two months, girl. She's she's sealed shut. She is sealed. Oh shut. my god, it's Tutankhamun's tomb. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's coming out of there. When when my business end re- reopens, um, and who knows when that'll be. Oh uh, god, oh, I'm gonna need a car jack. <laughs> industrial industrial lubricants. Oh my. god. God, <laughs> why is Sammy going to bow repairs? Do not ask. Yeah. <laughs> Do not bow repairs. <laughs> bow repairs has been robbed. <laughs> I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need Auckland Transport to run a train through me just to make oh. her functional again. I think I'm gonna have to just drop you on top of the Sky Tower needle just to <laughs> yeah. open you up. Yuck! Yuck! Yeah. Yucky! Right, I'm basically as inaccessible as that that cave system with all those tie boys. You know, the ones that almost Oh, drowned. my God. <laughs> what the? Yeah. They all got our lives, though. It's, it's an amazing story of human survival, experience. <laughs> yeah, so when I finally pop pop myself open again, <laughs> all these, oh, like, prepubescent soccer, soccer players are just going to come pouring out of me. Oh. <laughs> Dead or alive. <laughs> Dead or alive. <laughs> like, like maggots from a dead cat pouring out. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, if, I think I feel like a failure actually more often than I should. Just sad to admit, but I think it's also well, pu- again your the nature of of your work, you know the, yeah, the specific I think specific res- resistances of your job, like as an actor, uh, as an actor, so as much. a writer. I think we move so. F- at, at, I love my job and I'm so grateful for it, but it is the fastest turnaround television show in the world, which means that there's not much room for. Um, Quality control, well, guidance. God, no, I mean, yes, yes, there is all of those things, but it just means that you're moving so fast that, of course, you're going to miss things. And because you're moving so fast and the deadline is so tight, the pressure of those things feel like it's hard not to take it personally when you don't, you know? You know what I mean? And I think it's also... Yeah, the, I know what you mean. And that's also the same with performing, like... Oh my god! I've done shows where I've absolutely bombed, but because it's you out there, it's not like Sharon's reading a spreadsheet. You know, like it's your your body is kind of like you kind of are out there, and when you bomb, it fucking sucks. And it's also a public humiliation. Just straight up, no buts about it. Public humiliation. When I was making Iconoclast, which is the show I did last year with Barney Duncan for Cabaret Festival, it was so good. Oh, such a good show, eh? But yeah, honestly. There were bits in the rehearsal process where I was like, there was one day I came where I was like, Bunny, I think, I think that there's gargoyles in the show. I think there's a bit, there's a bit in the show that's about a gargoyle. And he was like, okay, show me. And so he sat there in the Herald Theatre, which is a, a theatre that seats 
like 180 people. He sat there and I did a 10 minute long like bit for him as a hissing, spitting gargoyle in absolute <laughs> to absolute silence. And he sat there with a stony face. Oh, the irony. And then at the end of it, and I was like, <sighs> at the end of the 10 minutes, like <sighs> 10 minutes of being a gargoyle. I was like, <sighs> so um, <sighs> like, what did you think? And he just looked, he just went like this. Um, how do you think that went? <laughs> oh my god! And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I, I remember you called me after that. Yeah, I was. You're like, that, I'm not having a good day. I'm no, not okay. That process, I swear to God, I also had a full mental breakdown. Um, yeah, you did. A, a full did. mental snap. And production, I I cannot tell you. There is no horror. Fear, the stakes are so high. Then a production week, like I swear to God, I've never had a production week where I've just been like easy breezy, beautiful couple girl the whole time. Like you get to dress rehearsal and you want to fucking seppuku. Like it's you want to go. Your time is up. I reserve the right to leave this earth, and my time is now. I think there is something so beautiful about um, taking those risks. Anyway, there is where there is a chance that you can and you know, in all likelihood, presumably will be uh, publicly humiliated. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there's a real high that comes with, with taking those risks and like, w- whether it be performing or, or writing or whatever, like or whatever your job is. Yeah. I know. And it's also awful because as um, women of taste, like we are, um, <laughs> we've both seen shows or seen creative work that you're like, Oh no, absolute abysmal. Like, and we've talked about Pleasure Dome. I left it at the mid oh midtime, half time. I don't know if that's failure. I think that's that's delusion, and it's dangerous when the two meet. Very it's, dangerous. Well, it's uh, delusion can lead to failure, right? Or success. Wise, or success. wise. Well, in our <laughs> case, it's led to a modicum of success. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Susan Sontag or or maybe Jermaine Greer, like, um, who said like something horrific? That there were no oh, looking at like modernist painters and modernist art, and saying that the the reason there were no like good fe- female modernist painters is because women at that time by being so oppressed had mutilated egos, and that and that it's impossible to make good art from from a mutilated ego. When I would argue that that actually I it makes better art of, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Because it's subversive, right? And I guess that also that's the same thing that you always talk about, which is. That's just not cleaving to the traditional m- metrics of success, right? And you define oh, you have to, if you have a mutilated ego, by whose standard do you have a mutilated ego? Yeah, t- totally. Like completely. a traditional mask, like patriarchal. You go to the fucking royal school of drawing or whatever the fuck it's called. Then you exhibit here, you exhibit here, you exhibit here. You get this prize. So maybe a succession of or enough failures could could eventually get you to a point where you're like, I'm being judged or classed a failure um, based on these mores and 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 remits that really are like normative and facile and, and that don't sit with me at all. So maybe there's a point where your, your failures yeah. sort of suddenly g- give you confidence that you're doing something beyond the kiln. Beyond the kiln. And then also, you just lean into it. I don't know. People are fucking fickle as well and their opinions change. Like, totally. as Heidi Klum famously said, one day you're in and the next you're out. <laughs> Which I think is so true. <laughs> Isn't it just? Isn't, Isn't it, just? it just? And, and I don't know. I don't think I've had any... I, I think... I don't know. Yeah, I've definitely had a lot of, like, lot of like personal failure. Um, and I think I've had a lot of, like, professional failure, but it's, none of it's been sort of, like... Um, I don't think you're. I don't think it's quashed. It hasn't quashed anything within you. You're certainly nah, not, not going to stop doing what you're doing. And I think I've just sort of, sort of taken it as part of the course, you know, much like you have as an actor. Yeah. You know, it's definitely not. Not everything's going to land, and and also you shouldn't be. I don't. I don't necessarily think you should be making with an expectation that the thing you're doing is going to be like the the cornerstone, or you know, the thing you're no. doing is just is going to be the thing that sort of it's just um, the next propels thing. You. you. Yeah. It's. It's I don't think it should be about thing. that. I think that's a bullshitty motivation. It's a bullshitty set of motivation. I don't think Magnum. I think Magnum Opus is only exist in hindsight. You know. I you think if you're doing know. anything, it should be coming from a place of like, 
um, sort of primal curiosity, you know, like. Yes. And I think it's so tricky because I feel like you have to listen to people's opinions, but not too much. Like I get really, I get really fucked off when I say that I work as this is just an example. I get really fucked. I want technical advice and resources in in terms of support. Yes, but I don't don't want your opinion. Guide my con- content, you know. No, like, God, no. And like, for just for example, Tim. No jokes, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> Obviously joking. <laughs> jokes, Tim. Um, I get really fucked off when I say that I am a storyliner for Shortland Street, and then people are like, "Oh, here's a storyline for you." And I'm like, yeah, do I come into what? your fucking place of work and say, oh, here's a spreadsheet, Muriel? You know, like, I don't fucking do that. <laughs> Shut up. Muriel. Or, or when I say I'm a comedian and someone's like, oh, I've got a joke. And I, I don't go up to a bus driver and say, oh, let me just drive that for you. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Because that fuck would be assault. off. Assault and then inevitably when the bus crashed, manslaughter. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not rich enough to field off those charges. Yeah, you'd get life. And, uh, <laughs> you would get life. I'm, these titties aren't made for prison. <laughs> <laughs> They're already incarcerated by my bra. <laughs> oh, my God. You know. But you know what I mean? That I, I just use that as an example. So I'm like, fuck, like, just... Uh, go away. People think they... People think they can... They're trying to... People aren't great at connecting with you over your job when it's a creative job because they think that everyone's inherently creative but actually it requires a lot of skill to do the jobs that we do. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There is definitely an idea that, that like, if you're in any sort of creative field, it, it's um, it's not labour-intensive. It's somehow a cop-out, you know? Or it's somehow you're just talented. And I'm like, yes, true, but also extremely hardworking and professionally trained. Yeah. All of those things. You're so right, Johanna. You're so right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did I just bore you to silence? <laughs> no. No, I just got a message. Um, ah, from who? <laughs> no one. Uh-huh. No one and nothing. Definitely not a boy. I've got no boys here. I kind of had an idea that I would take a lover when I got here, but I just actually, I don't have the time. Oh I don't God. have the energy. I don't you, have the desire. Do You don't want to take a lover in Wellington anyway. It's absolutely thin on the ground. Yeah. If I wanted corduroy, I'd buy it. So, you know. <laughs> and I don't. I don't know, haven't. <laughs> if I wanted a vest, I'd go back to my uncle's house in 1995. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now there, there are actually some very beautiful, beautiful twinks here. Yeah, but they've got no personality. That is true. Where's the lie? <laughs> a harness is not a personality. I think I'm ready to take a lover. So I'm o- my DMs are open. Um, <laughs> applications. And, uh, the rats in the gutter TikTok and socials will be dealing with that traffic. We are prepared for it. We, we, yeah. we have anticipated it. Myself, Samuel and Tim will be sharing that load equally. Uh, <laughs> no, not Tim. He is married with a child. Uh, Samuel and I, um, wide open... <laughs> Wide open, um, and by Samuel and I, I mean myself because Samuel yeah. is opposed to romantic love entirely. Yeah, I'm on hiatus. Um, yeah, but I I heard that we have some fans in the Young Greens. Oh. <laughs> the Young Greens specifically. Yeah. The Young Greens specifically. Our, because of our resounding climate message, is that? <laughs> <laughs> from our really astute left-wing political opinions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> for, for my Range my, my Rover, range my one-size-fits-all waist bin. <laughs> oh, my God. For my for my absolutely enormous carbon footprint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I've got to ask you, okay, what is, you know, what comes to mind when I say worst failure ever? Oh, my God. Well... You know, I only got into drama school on the second try, eh? No, I didn't know that. So on my first audition, I didn't. Why did you have a, you gagged on the first try? And you no, had to go I, away almost, and I almost, I almost got Desensitize your gag reflex and then go back and Lana Del Rey your way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I only got a, I only got into toy on my second try. My first try, I was so close. Like I got recalled. I was actually on the waiting list to get in. Um, and for the first year in... 
thousands of years since the school began. Um, everyone accepted everyone years. accepted their place. And so what I did was I went and I worked at the drama school in the cafe underneath like the canteen cafe and I would serve the students every I'd serve them their coffees, serve all the teachers their coffees for a whole year. Worked there and did youth That's that is that reeks of failure. Yep, that yeah. has a yeah. But all, do you know what else it reeks of? Determination. I'm like, yeah. you think you're gonna, you think you're not gonna let me into the fucking national drama school? You think again, cunt? Because I'm you know, coming you know, in. Mar- I'm not coming in through the back door. <laughs> I'm coming in through the garbage disposal. <laughs> <laughs> with coffees for everyone. Yeah, with coffees for everyone. Um, yeah. <laughs> and is that a long black for you, Shona? Don't worry. Yeah. I've, I've put I've put your equal in it. I've put two equal. Yeah. Just so you like. Yeah. Yeah. Miranda, oat milk latte, not too much foam. That's for yeah. you. <laughs> and, and I'll you, see you in dramaturgy. But do you yeah, know lovely. what I would do? Oh, this is really awful. But so this is so toxic as well and awful. Is that the? I expect nothing. Nothing less. Nothing because the less. dance school and the dra- the national school of dance and the national drama school are in the same building, and mm. so like the best classical dancers in the country are also in with the best trained. Like you know, it's altogether the classical dancers once a month had weigh-in days, which is very <gasps> cursed. And I was there on weigh-in mornings, fresh plates of brownies, fresh sandwiches. <laughs> Trying to get sabotaging the dance. Trying to sabotage all the classical students with with pies, cakes, treats. Mini quiche. Anyone from mini quiche? Mini quiche. I got a mini quiche. You want a mini quiche? Mini quiche. Anyone from mini quiche? Bagel bite. Who wants a bagel bite? Do you guys want a bagel bite? So many bagel bites. Mocachino. Mocachino. Extra marshies. <laughs> you have taken a liberty of putting three marshmallows in there. I know he love the Muriel. Yep. Uh, I've mochaccino, actually mochaccino I've put both vanilla and caramel in your mocha this morning, Jimmy. Oh my god. <laughs> mini quiche, mini quiche. <laughs> mini quiche, mini quiche. But what the fuck, Johanna? That is hectic. That I is know. so completely hectic. It was so fucked. And, and so th- petty and so committed. Your commitment there is is astounding. I know. It was astounding. Yeah. It is astounding. Yeah. And a weigh in is astounding. The very notion, the concept of a way oh, in. I know. You know I what mean, it is as well, though? It's motivating. It's very motivating. motivating. On run respect, like it was just a hospital job, you know, like I just I just worked in our cafe and it just also was in the drama school. But there were other factors at play. <laughs> <laughs> there were Clearly. other factors at play. So when, when you went in for your second audition, were they like, oh, it's the shop girl? Oh, the shop girls yep. come in to it. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That is now, they, wild. All, they all knew me. They knew me by then, but. Yeah, yeah. The Purple Hatch, the cafe was called. The Purple Hatch. I don't think it's even there anymore. No, I don't think it is either. There is a coffee truck that sits out front of the school now. I know because I was there. I was there earlier this year, and yeah, that's where we had breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that like that was probably my biggest. Well, it was like my first big failure, you know, like not getting into the thing, you know, not. Being completely rejected by the from the thing that I wanted at yeah. like age eighteen, which is also really fucking normal. Like drama school is hard to get into; they only accept twenty students. And this was back in the day when it I, I don't know how many people apply now, but in those days there'd be over a thousand applicants. You know, like a thousand people auditioning. I'm pretty sure sure it's still that cutthroat. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. cutthroat. So to get to get in on my second, <clears throat> to even get recalled and waitlisted is like very good, and then to get in on my second try, obviously. But well done. Yeah, thank you. What about yours? What's your biggest failure? What springs oh, or what what just what springs to mind? What springs to mind is more of a humiliation. Okay. Um, my biggest failure. I oh my god. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Why did we pick this as a as a? You topic? wanted this topic. Yeah, I know. Because I thought it'd be interesting. I guess it kind of is, but um, also it is very interesting. Exposing. It's also very revealing, isn't it? Yeah, I would just I would just say probably my last relationship. You know. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm still sort of in a process of like unpacking it in my mind and things that I didn't see just just ra- randomly. I randomly remember. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Just want to yeah. fucking cry blood. <laughs> yeah, I I 
would jump on that bandwagon and say my biggest emotional failure is my last relationship. My failure to let go when I should have let go. And Holy shit. I can't believe what this episode's turned into. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And we, we, both just get, we both just get sectioned. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, I, I, we finished recording and Tim's there with a straight jacket being like, <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, just prob- probably just my last relationship. Oh, Bob. But then that that's also I. Don't, but then no, that's bullshit because it's not like I just and also exclusively they were class it as a as a failure. You know what I mean? And again, no, I think like if relationships we've... have expirations, and that's not necessarily to say that they have failed when they do come to like a sort of natural and organic arrival point. That's, also failure that's just... failure is nuanced. Like I know before I said I was like I think allegories, I just, nuances, allegories, metaphors. nuances, metaphors, metaphors. Um <laughs> I think I just get really fucked off when as I maybe I've already said this, so I'm exact like literally repeating myself word for fucking word. I just get fucked off when um it's the same thing of People being scared of big feelings, so they don't let you be like, I fuck, I've failed, I've failed, I've lost out, I've failed. And they're like, Cheer up, don't cry. And you're like, I get fucked, get fucked. I like, will absolutely, that's how I, that's how I feel about the last wallow three years. to my heart's content. Yeah, and so yeah. you should, you have to let it out because yeah, I've honestly, the last three years, the, the highs have been high, sure, but the lows were so. Low, like abysmal, you do, Mariana Trench, Mariana abysmal. Trench. You do not James know James Cameron's The Abyss. I like, I can't even express details of how bad it was, and regionally as well. At one point, I was on tour around New Zealand, it was so bad, it was so bad emotionally. <laughs> 2020, 2021, fucked. Touring is really fucked. rough on the body, though, like, so rough on the body. It is rough on the body. I love, like, the bits about touring I absolutely love. And it's, like, when it's fun, it's so fun. But I feel like everything hits you just way harder. Like, if you have a bad day on tour, it feels fucking 15 times worse. Do you feel like you're ever going to get married? Is it something you want to do? Because now I'm thinking about failure. I'm thinking about my, I I don't know, I'm thinking about my parents as a a model of, of a married couple. And it's a big no for me. Big no. <laughs> Big no. See, my parents got married when my mum was twenty-one, and they're still together, and they are still like this, oh, please. despite the various gay. cancers. One of, them, one of them is as gay as the day is long. Actually, do you know? <laughs> and only what? time will tell. Neither of them are. Neither of them are. I know you. I know you don't believe me, but I'm saying neither of them are. Um, so naive. You're so naive. You're so naive. No jokes. I don't know your parents. I mean, my dad was in the army, so. <laughs> I'm sure your parents are happily married and happily heterosexual. You know, I'm just really they, They're both of those things. But not that, you know, there's other things in their life that have been difficult. But yes, to answer your question, yes, marriage is something that I would like. Not, are you going to big obnoxious wedding day? God, because that I would mean, be a fail in and of itself. It's like, oh, honey, I love you so much. How do you want to start our new married life off together by being 20 to 50 grand in debt? Sounds good to me. No, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. I want a big celebration of me, obviously, any excuse for a big party. But I don't want to be 20 fucking grand in debt. Absolutely not. No, so you'll be, you'll, and you've had this experience of being a zero funded artist and making shit happen regardless. So Lord knows you are very learned in the ways of cutting corners. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm very learned in the ways of pulling in favours. Um, and forging relationships and forcing people to do things for me that I want them to do. Yeah. Forging relationships, forging signatures, um, you know. Yeah, forging signatures. Um, Cutting corners, persuading, commit, extorting. Committing fraud. Committing fraud. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's like, I love the story of, of how Tim Bat came to work on this podcast. Can we tell that, Tim? What story? So when Sam and I had the idea that we wanted to make a podcast – I absolutely called in a favour and texted Tim and was like, hey, Tim, um, would love to meet for coffee um, to talk about a podcast. And Tim rocked up and he gave us all this advice. And he was so sweet. And by the end of the first meeting, he was like, oh, yeah, this sounds like quite a good idea. And then by the end of the second meeting, he was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll produce it for you. And then, but, if, but only if you get some money. And then by the end of the third meeting, he was like, 
we'd we'd condiment so deep that he's like, I'll do it without money. <laughs> and what you don't know is I was jacking him off under the table the entire time. So you're very welcome, <laughs> Just so Oh, my God. And what you don't know is I was holding his little son at knife point just with a little <laughs> butter knife. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> his little son with a little knife just dee, dee, dee. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, th- that's this industry. <laughs> and that's this industry. It's cutthroat. It's dog eat dog. <laughs> You, you got a knife, a child to get ahead. That's what you've got to do. <laughs> As in Namibia, so in Auckland Central. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> As in Buenos Aires. Yeah. As on Cairo. Oh, my God. <laughs> As in the slums of Giza. As an open cafe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Said its own Waterloo, Johanna Costco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, I love that song by Abba. It's just gorgeous. <laughs> it's just gorgeous. <laughs> Not a failure, but a definite like abject humiliation. Um, was when I would have been in my early twenties, and I went to a, a Minchex gig. It was in like a bunker or something, and came out covered, <gasps> no, covered in sweat. This... Still down a hill to get back to the car. Went I love this story fence. so much. <laughs> And because I've been really sweaty and I was wearing khaki pants and I just slid down a dirt track, it looked like I'd absolutely shat myself, like violent diarrhea. And I just remember hundreds of hundreds of kids, hundreds of kids just um no no um, just but- uh, folding with uh, creases. But also, what was worse, not just not just laughing, but kids like trying to hide behind trees and cars to try and save me face. Like it was so bad they couldn't just outright be like, "That's hilarious." They had to like <laughs> they had to hide it. Like that, that was worse. That was worse. No, and Trying then to save uh, my face. My favorite was five years later. Someone was like, "Oh, you're the poo pants guy." <laughs> yeah, being being clocked for it. Not chill. Not chill, Auckland. Not chill. <laughs> <laughs> Not chill. There's nothing wrong with my bowels. Everybody oh else in Auckland God. might have IBS. I don't. Oh my God! As I a don't. girl. As a white girly with a sensitive gut, <laughs> I feel so vindicated by this story. <laughs> oh dear! And I don't know why I'm bringing that story up again. I no, only, it's a I great story. I feel like I've just outrun it in the last five years. Oh, you know, and now you're back. I am reviving it. Yeah, yeah. She is. Samuel T. County spreads all his own rumors. Girls don't believe. <laughs> if you're between that and source. being pa- patient zero for the Giardia outbreak of 2014, oh. like. It's, just, it's still my favourite. I just love that about you so much. So vicious. That was so vicious. And completely baseless, baseless, fictitious. Oh, my God. See, my families are more like campaign. I, you know, lost half my friends. Yes. I know we can't go into detail. No, that, I think some of them listen to the pod as well. So Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Oh, I know. So no, most no, them, but do you know what? It all swings and roundabouts. Most of them all come crawled back. I'm crawled, absolutely. I'm. Crawled, I'm cutting crawled. this. This is yeah, cut. This is being stay. cut. This, this is being go. cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any any plans to fail in the future, Johanna Cosgrove? Well, I'm making a fucking show for the comedy festival, so that could be a big failure. Risk, risk, but risk. I ac- but I actually don't think it will. Honestly, Samuel, I feel so good about it. I feel so good. I feel actually this is the show that I've wanted to make for three years and only now have I got the skill and the absolute tenacity and it's just the right time. It's the right time. I've got the cool. right director. That's I super feel exciting. so <clears throat> sexy and hot about it and I feel like, yeah, I feel finally equipped to say the things that I want to say with it, which sounds kind of wanky, but also it's fucking necessary. Ultimately, who cares about failure though? Because you know what? It's like you have a sense of failure when something something that you've heavily invested yourself in doesn't That's mani- what it is. manifest the way you imagined it. And why yes. wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to invest everything into what? Why you wouldn't do? you and go it, balls to the wall? And if there is a choice not to invest in what you're doing, that means what you're doing is is an abject waste of your time and energy. You know what yes. I mean? And you are going to fucking die. You're gonna you're gonna goddamn die. You're a mortal being. I'm gonna die. So why would you you're waste die, the limited time die. that you have not investing in everything that you do? Actually, you know, like, I just want to bring it back because you know how I was like, you need sensitivity. I don't think you need sensitivity. I just think you need to really fucking care. Because if you don't care, what are you fucking doing? You know yeah. what I mean? 
Just pull that trigger. Just pull out that antique Japanese samurai sword <laughs> and behead yourself on the spot. And then... Mishima, okay. the ghost of Mishima just haunts this podcast. He just haunts <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Arigato, We're just you know? Two... Oh my God. My lips look Jesus so Christ. big today. They do look really big. Do you need an EpiPen? No. <laughs> no. I look utterly washed out in this in this weekend. You do. I look yeah. gorgeous in this light. I chiseled. look practically Caucasian, which is a dream come true. <laughs> I'm joking. The light. I'm you're doing us so many favors with the light. Well, I'm on the shred. I'm on the shred, which is so toxic, but it's also true because sometimes I hate my body and that's just life and that's all goods. I feel but like the I, only way that I can sort of put myself on an even keel at the moment is um, cardio and gym. And <gasps> that has become my vice at the moment to the point where I'm getting like that little hard turtle belly. Oh, that's kind of hot. hot. It is kind of hot. Yeah. Actually, but it wasn't I felt what I like, imagined. Wasn't I felt I like imagined. a failure last year when I felt like my body changed and I couldn't recognize it and I couldn't fit any of my clothes and I felt like a physical disgusting failure oh my okay on that I that's how I feel every summer because my body sweats it fucking sweats so mostly well, three to four months a year I just feel like this moist brown monster yuck I was gonna be, I was yeah. gonna try and shut you down and be like I'm talking about acute disordered eating and body dysmorphia and you want to say that you don't like being hot but um <laughs> but um feeling like a, a slushy a brown slushy oh, is not chalk and, good. Cheese. Chalk, and <laughs> chalk and cheese 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 is my shred diet actually <laughs> that's what it's I ate today yeah <laughs> Oh, that was breakfast. <laughs> I know last year when I had that full breakdown, I was eating oven fish and wearing soft pants and and sending you videos pretending to gas myself in the oven. Oh, yes. <laughs> and also pretending, I was sending you other no, videos. No, just the open oven door with Enya playing in the background. <laughs> no, that's when you know I'm not all good. It was like yeah. in, after Edinburgh, I sent all these videos to my friends friend Hannah pretending that I was Madeline McCann escaped <laughs> and I was like it's me Madeline McCann here and I was like running because I was in Lagos in Portugal <laughs> I've got away I've got away it's so oh fucked <laughs> so fucked <laughs> Tim's shaking with laughter <laughs> Fuck with it, it's good. And I was like, gold. it's me, Madeleine McCann. Um, it's been 16 long years, but I'm still here. Oh <laughs> Hello. <God. laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm never going to find a husband, eh? <laughs> good riddance. You don't need a husband. You don't need to lock any dick down. You'll just have so much money. You'll just, no, when, you, and when you're in the mood for it, you'll buy it. It's chill. <laughs> Oh, we were actually talking about that at work today. Um, just like, oh, I can't go into details. <laughs> just that thing where you're like contemplating going back. We're going to have to cut around this so it's more generic. Sorry, Tim. Um, we, that thing of when you're like, fuck, I want to go back to my ex. And then my workmate was like, I will pay for a sex worker. And I was like, that's actually such a lit gift. <laughs> such a lit gift imagine if you were like imagine if i was like you're a true friend i was like that is a true friend i was like if someone if if when i was fucking my ex when i shouldn't have been and someone was like girly i've bought you a voucher to, to <laughs> i've bought you a mr muscle voucher <laughs> mr muscle mr muscle and i don't mean the spray and wipe <laughs> I mean the Purina just dog Just as toxic though. Just yeah, but just as toxic. Just as toxic. <laughs> and you're going to get dicked down by this absolute verified zaddy. That probably would have solved a lot of my problems. Totally. Actually, you know what? Because I haven't, I haven't slept with anyone since New Year's. This is the longest you're I've neither. been without having chlamydia. 
And I what, no, say, no, 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 hundred day lockdown, hundred day lockdown. I accept the lockdowns outside the lockdowns. That was four. Is, don't forget that was four to five months. I am and wise. And it's only been three months. I blacked those out. Okay, this is the second longest I've been without chlamydia. It's the second longest. Yeah. This is a. No, the longest I've been without having sex with somebody is maybe. Six months. <laughs> six months to a year. That's Wait, not that's, that long, eh? What was happening? Why? We, th- no, that is a while. Well, a year when I was like eight, like seventeen or eighteen. So I'm not going to count that. Yeah, yeah, don't count that. Um, and six months was um, after the after my big breakup. That's not even. All that's I, I don't. Fear. Fear that's and not the, That's not even the lockdown. You know, because I had sex the day before we went into lockdown, and pretty much three days after we came out. <laughs> So all goods. Fair and valid, babe. Fair and valid. I'm really lucky, though. I I don't really feel failure around sex, though. Do you? What was that? We're too slutty. What What are you talking about? Yeah, you're like, what? I know sexual failure is a thing that people experience, but I don't think... Do you mean like technically, like, oh, I'm too tight. It's not going to work. I'll just suck you off. Like, what are you talking about? Back me up, Tim. That's a thing that people experience and feel, eh? Sexual failure. Is it erectile dysfunction? Is that what you're talking about? No, I just mean like, oh god. Yeah, like not good at like not being able to get it, not good at it. Oh, like you're talking about incels. No, I mean like less, more common and less um, freaky deaky on the internet than incels. Oh, like they're not as sexual as they'd like to be, and, that, and yes, that's, is, that's felt as a yes, failure. Oh, yeah, desired. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We got there. We got there. Sorry, yeah, got that there. was unclear. Oh, yeah. I was unclear. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, but I don't think I think both of us are too slutty to feel that. Also, internet <laughs> porn. Also, personal choice. Well, there's people talking about like porn addiction or that, that being like a thing on the internet, as if like as if like it's a bad thing. I suppose if it's encroaching on your time and energy that you could otherwise be diverting to, oh, let's say, paid employment. That yeah, then I guess you could class that as an addiction. But I will say I just, that I definitely notice um, it does feel different when you f- fuck someone who has watched a lot of porn. It's like it's kind of off-putting. That is every single gay man. I find it off-putting. Man. That is every single gay man porn. Yeah, but straights. Like but straights. Yeah, but gay, straight porn is so like specific in the way that it treats women. So when a straight man is just has only watched porn girls. And then he has sex with a real, a real woman. Then it's it's the oh. the vibes off. Well, that's funny because like, it's miso- it's just pure misogyny. That's what it is. Oh, okay, well that's okay. I can I can sort of I can understand that. But like, whereas the, enough, the I th- with I the gays, like, like literally, porn is aspirational. Yeah, because also the power dynamic is better because you're both because there's two men. Whereas the power dynamic in hip porn is. Rookie is cookie, cookie, cookie. But also the role playing, like the power play, tends to be very overt as well. Like if you're dom and sub, like you'll yes. just you'll just be communicating yeah. that on your fucking profile. Like there's no sort of weeks of beating around the bush yeah. a la Tinder. Yeah, I can't fathom that. I cannot, cannot fathom Heinous. that. Heinous. Do you know what's worse? Hinge. Chatting to Hideous. someone for up to a month before you get your dick sucked—that is outrageous. <sighs> fucking outrageous. What a waste! It's such a waste of time. Disgusting. No wonder the incels are radicalized. No and saying I don't, that, I don't, I don't w- condone that. I do not. Condone I actually it. don't want to poo-poo totally on porn because I do watch porn and I enjoy it and like it's lit and fucking. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I want more of it. I want really explicit lit. content everywhere. But absolutely I just, everywhere. But I feel like watching porn and then reenacting porn when you're fucking somebody, like, not. Be- I don't like. I don't want my leg to be bent like back here. Like, go away. I mean, so I, sometimes I do like that. Yeah, but I want to ask. I don't want you to just do that off yeah, the bat. Yeah, you know absolutely. What I mean? Or like read the want, room. Or Take, yeah, I don't. There's got to be cues you, for that shit. You can't just yes, jump into it I don't want it you cold. to expect that I'm just gonna love that. I have I'm, to ease I, into yoga. What makes you think I, I'm not gonna have to ease into something like that? You know, what I, I don't want to snap. You're not worth snapping a hammy over. God. Yeah. <laughs> Put only it away, Jacob. Only Sunny Bill and or Colin <laughs> Oh, Bell. Sunny Bill. And do you know who else? Oscar Isaacs. And also... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Pedro... Pedro Pascal. 
Yeah, Pedro Pascal. See, I don't find him super hot, but I I know he does have something about him. Uh -uh. He is so hot. He is Zaddy. He is father. He is everything. An atomic bomb could hit the earth and my body could disintegrate into a thousand pieces and I would still find a way to coagulate (laughs) back together and scream Pedro Pascal's name. Yes, well, Lord knows with all your various horcruxes, that's probably within the realm of possible. Uh, <laughs> Lord knows possible. both of us are clinging to immortality with, yeah. by any means necessary. Yes, I've collected various horcruxes. I've killed many hitchhikers, many hitchhikers. New Zealand National Drama School didn't stop me. Do you think death will? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I've been Johanna Cosgrove. And I've been Sam Takani, and you've been and listening you've been to, listening to Rats, Rats in the in Gutter. The gutter. Rats in the gutter.